0: Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Now today I want to talk about a common pervasive issue in our lives and ministries, and that is social media. And more specifically, I want to talk about the importance of leaders limiting their involvement with social media so that it's a productive uh, not distracting or disruptive uh, part of their ministry and leadership. So today, uh, limiting social media so that leaders can use it as a positive, not distracting or disruptive force. This came home to me a few days ago when a prominent Southern Baptist leader wrote a, uh, news, uh, wrote a column about the current misuse of social media among Southern Baptists and really he issued a plea uh, saying we can do better, asking Southern Baptists to uh, measure how they're using social media uh, to compare the communication that's taking place there against the standards of communication that are described among believers in the Bible and to really make some serious adjustments to how we're treating each other uh, through these venues and in this context. That column just brought to a head for me how significant this issue really is. And so today, I want to talk about uh, social media, uh, how to use it productively, how to keep it from being a distraction, and specifically, and most importantly perhaps, how to keep it from being a disruptive force in your ministry leadership. So let me begin by saying that social media uh, can be helpful, and some social media is very helpful. Here are some ways it's been helpful to me. First of all, a social media provides instant information about some real problems or some real issues. Uh, when I receive an amber alert, for example, or something like that through social media, I recognize that here's a critical need in a serious situation, and that if I have any input on helping solve this, I can do so. Uh, Same thing about weather alerts, or here in Southern California, fire alerts. Uh, These things are very helpful uses of this kind of media technology. And in fact, even here at the seminary, uh, we have a mechanism set up where we can uh, communicate by text uh, and through other social media platforms uh, rapidly with a large number of people about some kind of crisis or emergency or situation we might be facing. So one of the positive aspects of social media and social media platforms is instant information about real problems or issues. Now, of course, that's going to lead me to one of the concerns I have in a few minutes, and that is it's also instant information about nonsense. But we'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, Another positive uh, of social media is it does allow you to maintain a greater relational connection with people you care about. It certainly does this in families. It certainly does this in churches. It certainly can do this in ministry organizations. Um, Social media and social media platforms enable you to share uh, information with people that you really care about and allow people to remain connected in ways that were really not possible in a previous generation. And so this is another really good positive aspect of social media. Uh, now here's a couple more that may surprise you, but another thing I like about social media is it can provide a distraction for me if i want to if I could say it this way, it can provide a brain break in my day or in my otherwise pretty serious focused life of being a ministry leader. Now, for me uh, that brain break is the Oregon ducks go ducks uh, The Oregon ducks uh, have websites and there's even a paid website that my sons give me for my birthday each year and uh, each day or maybe not every day but most days i'll check in on one of those websites and just see what's the latest about the ducks And uh, there'll be information about the sports teams, there'll be news and updates about the sports programs, there'll be some inside information from people who write about these kinds of things, but there's also uh, the comments section where people are providing a running and oftentimes humorous commentary about what's going on, not only with the Ducks, but with our arch enemies, the Washington Huskies, uh, USC Trojans, and other teams like that. And so it Social media uh, can provide a distraction. It provides a vehicle to get out a lot of information and some commentary uh, and even a community of people who enjoy something like that. And then fourth, uh, social media can just be funny. Uh, I like to laugh. I like stories. I like jokes. I like funny videos. And sometimes social media uh, just makes, uh, gives me that kind of a release of just laughing at something that's, that's just pretty funny. And so social media, uh, even for ministry leaders, uh, can have some pretty positive uh, uh, aspects. It can give us instant information about real problems or issues. It can help us maintain relational connections with people we really care about it can provide a distraction, a brain break, if you will, as you uh, check your favorite website about your favorite sports team or about hunting or about uh, some activity like scrapbooking that you enjoy. I mean, whatever it is, it's out there. You can find it. It gives you a brain break. And then finally, uh, it can just be funny. Uh, There's just some things that come along that really are uh, a good laugh, and that is a good way to break up the day as well. Now, even though I say that social media can be helpful in these ways, I'm concerned that it's becoming more and more of a problem uh, for many ministry leaders. In fact, I, I just Googled in preparation for this podcast the phrase uh, social media problem, our social media limits, our social media concerns. And literally hundreds of articles, websites, studies popped up on my screen. And I just scanned through and realized this is not just a problem I'm observing. This is a problem that sociologists, psychologists, um, counselors, and other kinds of researchers are writing about that is a problem for people in our culture. So I want to talk more specifically about some of the reasons that uh, social media is a problem for ministry leaders and then how to control it and then what you can do to make it more positive in your, as a tool in your leadership role. Uh, first of all, social media is a problem when you're compulsively uh, checking your phone. I was in a conversation recently with a person that I was timing it. Literally every 15 to 30 seconds they were checking their phone. Now this wasn't a person who was checking their phone for some uh, urgent email coming from their office. This was a person who was checking their phone, looking at social media, uh, checking in with different sites. And I was trying to carry on a conversation with this person, and they were actually conversing with me, but every 15 to 30 seconds, it seemed, when there was just a slightest lull in our conversation, they would glance down at their phone, and if there was anything there, like a new notification or a new alert, they would click it and scroll to it really quickly. I found that to be uh, disconcerting, to say the least, but also to be offensive, Here I was sitting in front of a person, and they could not engage me in a 15-minute conversation without having every 15 to 30 seconds having to glance down and have their eyes diverted onto that screen. Now, that may be an extreme example, but I want you to think about how you engage people, and how much of your real and undivided attention you give them when you're talking with them, especially as you have the distraction of that flashing screen or those flashing notifications uh, there uh, in front of you. You know, I have a policy that I instituted a few years ago because I was really bad about this, and someone helped me to see the need for it. But I, I have a policy that if I'm talking to you and my phone rings, I don't answer it. Because if I automatically answer it, what I'm telling you is I don't know who this is on the phone. They're a complete stranger perhaps, but they're more important than you right now, and I need to talk to them. And I realized what a bad message that was sending. And so the same message is about social media. If I'm talking with a person and I'm constantly diverting my attention to check on something that's being flashed to me by someone else, What I'm communicating to the person in front of me is, I don't know what these people are doing out there in the social media world, but it's more important than you, and I'm going to keep giving them my attention rather than giving you my undivided attention. I know that it's hard to believe this because everyone says everyone needs to stay connected all the time, but I simply made the decision a few years ago, I don't do that anymore. Uh, When I'm in a meeting, I don't take my phone with me. When I'm in a one-on-one conversation about an issue here at the seminary, I don't have my phone on where I can also be checking it. Um, I've just learned over the years that there's almost nothing that happens in my life that can't wait 15 or 30 minutes until I can check my phone at a time when I've set aside time to do that and not to be interrupting a meeting or a conversation or an encounter with an individual. So when you're compulsively checking your phone... Uh, because of social media notifications that are coming to you and they're constantly distracting you from carrying on a conversation or conducting a meeting or being really focused on what you're trying to accomplish with the person in front of you, that's a problem for a ministry leader. A second problem is when your focus is on gossip or frivolous information that's coming to you by social media. Now, I said earlier that social media can be a means of communicating uh, important information, and we're grateful for that but a lot of what comes to us through blogs and through Twitter and through Facebook and through other social media platforms really isn't all that important it is frivolous uh, it's gossipy frankly most of its nonsense it just doesn't make that much difference i jo- I jokingly say uh, when people ask if I follow someone on Twitter I usually reply and say no I could care less if they had a ham sandwich for lunch that kind of nonsensical information is simply not worth my time and so uh, when your focus when your mental focus is on frivolous information nonsensical information trivial information that people are pumping out about their lives i think you've lost focus as a ministry leader on what you really need to be dealing with third uh, social media is also a problem for ministry leaders when they devote what I will call unlimited time to it, meaning that it has free reign in your life, meaning that you are constantly connected. Your Facebook feed is always on. Your Twitter account is always rolling. Your Instagram uh, and other social media are always uh, active, and you're constantly receiving information, and you're trying to keep up with that. Um, If you're doing that, You're devoting what I call unlimited time to social media, and I think that's a problem for a ministry leader. And then finally, it's a problem when you define yourself by who you follow. You confuse a social media connection with a real relationship. And you follow people, you want them to influence your thinking, you want them to influence your moods, you want them to influence your daily planning. You're following people in a sense because you want them to have influence over you. I'm often asked who I follow, and the answer is I don't really follow anyone. Uh, I don't want anyone to have that kind of influence over me. We're on a daily basis. I'm checking in to see what they're wearing, what they're eating, what they're thinking, where they're going, who they're speaking to, uh, what they're learning about. Uh, I have no one in the world that's that intriguing to me that I want to keep up with them on that kind of regular basis. No one. I don't want to follow anyone in that regard because I don't want anyone else having that kind of influence over me. Now, does that mean I don't ever check in? Sure, I'll check in on this person or that person or look at a feed from time to time and see what's been going on recently. But that's a whole different thing than following someone on a daily basis and letting them have influence over your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, what you read, what you think, what you write, where you go, who you see. That's too much. So to get over those problems, how can you better control your social media intake? Well, let me give you three suggestions. Number one, Limit the people you follow and the people you read. Make sure that they are credible and that they are accountable. Now, a number of years ago, uh, I tried to keep up with with a number of the blogs that are out there about the Southern Baptist Convention and about the work that goes on among Southern Baptists. I found it frustrating because so much of it was gossipy and uh, innuendo-based and opinion-laced, and I just found it frustrating. And so a number of years ago, now four or five years ago, I made a decision that I would only read blogs by people who had credibility as ministry leaders, meaning they had actually accomplished something significant as a leader, and that was recognized and gave them credibility, or two— I would read blogs by people who were clearly accountable to someone who was supervising their writing. Now, I find myself in both those categories. I have established credibility because I've lived a life of ministry leadership and I have some track record of being able to successfully lead organizations. And I'm also accountable. I have a board of trustees, and every word I say or write, I'm accountable to them for that. They can correct me, they can stop me, they can uh, rebuke me uh, in at any point, because I'm accountable to them. So when I evaluate, am I going to read someone's blog, I wanna know two things. Do they have credibility? Have they ever led a ministry organization, a church? Have they ever accomplished anything that was substantive that would give them a platform of writing about leadership that would cause me to want to pay attention to what they're saying? And secondarily, are they accountable, clearly accountable to someone? In other words, do they openly say to whom they're accountable, to who has oversight of their writing, and who can correct them, rebuke them, or even take them down offline, if you will, if they publish things that aren't true? If a person doesn't have credibility and accountability, I don't read what they write. I simply don't have time to be diverted by opinion, by misinformation, by personal attack, or by any other use of blogs, particularly, that aren't written by people who are clearly credible and clearly accountable. Now, that doesn't mean I only want to read people that agree with me or that I support I do occasionally uh, need to read people who take a different position than I do, and that's perfectly fine, and a good way to keep yourself sharpened as a ministry leader so that you understand what people are thinking about what's going on in our world. So I don't necessarily mean that I only want to read people who agree with me, but when I read someone who disagrees with me, I want to put out the same standards, does, is this person credible and is this person accountable? And if they are, then they at least have some legitimacy and I want to take in what they have to say. So limit the people you follow. Make sure they're credible and accountable. I'm thinking of one example right now of a person who gets a lot of social media airtime. This person has never led an organization and isn't accountable to anyone. They're a free agent person. Uh, professional critic, if you will, of Christian leaders and Christian organizations. They see themselves as sort of a, uh, an independent investigative voice. I find that to be so unhelpful and, in fact, offensive. I don't mind being held accountable. I don't mind being investigated. I, I live my life uh, pretty publicly, and I have a board of 39 trustees who supervise me uh, regularly. I'm subject to periodic review and certainly formal annual review. And so I don't mind credibility being measured and accountability uh, in my life. I do, uh, I am frustrated when people who have no credibility and who have no accountability but who are very skilled communicators and very skilled manipulators of social media platforms have the kind of voice that they're given by other Christians and by other Christian leaders. So be wise about who you follow. Make sure they're credible and accountable. Second, control your social media intake by limiting the time you devote to checking social media. Now you may say, oh, I can't do that. You know, 21st century leaders got to be connected 24-7 all the time. That's simply not true. It's simply not true. In fact, you'd be surprised at how many CEOs of large companies and how many senior pastors of large churches and how many people that are making a real difference in leading real organizations in our world are not connected 24-7, 365 to social media or even tethered to their phone. Why is that? Or how is that? It's because these leaders have made the decision to limit the time they devote to checking media, including social media, just like they limit the time they sleep and the limit the time they exercise and limit the time they do other activities as well. You know, I, I have some, some limits. I have a maximum amount of time that I try to sleep every day. I don't really try to sleep beyond that. I try to go to bed within a time frame every evening of about a 15 to 20-minute flexibility, and I try to get up the same time every morning. Um, I have a certain amount of time that I set aside to exercise every day, and I try not to go less than that. More is helpful, but I try to hit that minimum every day. Um, I set aside amounts of time to do certain things in my life. What's wrong with setting aside time for media and particularly for social media? Uh, For example, I set aside about 20 to 30 minutes every morning to read a news feed. I usually do this over breakfast. I've set up a news feed that gives me articles from various news sources about various subjects that I'm interested in, particularly national affairs and international affairs, those kinds of things. And I scan through headlines from major news sources in that news feed and look at it to see what it's saying about what's going on in our world. And where I see something that is of particular consequence or significance to my work, I'll go to that website or I'll go to that news site and I'll read more in detail about that. And if there's something really pressing, of course I'll spend more time than the 20 to 30 minutes every day. But I set that side of time just to stay current. Now, this may surprise you, but I stopped watching television news uh, more than two years ago. I just found it a complete waste of time to watch the same thing go over and over and over and over and over again in front of me on the screen. So I do read a news feed, and the news feed does draw from the major news networks, but once I get the headlines, I don't need the rehash every day or every evening uh, to keep me updated on what's going on in our world. Now, if you want to watch that for entertainment purposes, I suppose that's fine, but if you're doing it for news purposes or for informational purposes, I think you're probably wasting a considerable amount of time. So limit the time you devote to checking social media and, in fact, checking media. Set yourself up where you say, I'm going to spend this amount of time on it every day, and that's all the time I'm going to give to it, and then move on to other things. And then number three, limit the kind of information that occupies your time. Now, I've already said, you know, my brain break is I check on my Oregon Ducks, usually give them five to ten minutes a day where I kind of check in and see what's going on and just kind of refresh my brain and move on to other things but I do not spend large amounts of time checking on media personalities entertainment issues movies music all these kinds of things now if something like that pops up in my news feed like the academy awards or the grammys or something that's you know making national news sure I'll give some attention to that because I want to know what kind of what's going on in current events just like other people do But I'm not talking about that kind of checking. I'm talking about limiting the information that occupies your time so that you're not spending hours of your time following trivial nonsense about entertainers, about um, uh, politicians, about people in public life, but that you're making sure that the kind of information you're taking in really is the kind of helpful information you need as a ministry leader. Let me close it out by giving you some reasons why you need to control social media and why it will be helpful to you as a ministry leader if you put into practice these three suggestions I've just given. First of all, it'll give you more time to focus on your mission or to focus on your real job. For example, uh, I advocate that every pastor set aside 12 to 15 hours minimum per week to study for for each of their messages. Now, you may say, well, it takes me longer. No problem. But at least two days a week, 12 to 15 hours, devoted to your Sunday sermon. And during that 12 to 15 hours, you turn off your phone. You, you turn off your Internet. You turn off your social media. It's you, the Bible, and your study helps, and that's all. Praying, reflecting, thinking, writing, and developing your message You can't develop a Sunday message without that kind of focused attentiveness to God and to His Word. One of the reasons I turn off social media when I'm involved at work and turn off almost all other media is because I want to focus on doing my job. My job requires me to think intently about problems, to go to meetings and give my full attention to dealing with situations to look at the person sitting across from me and let them know they have my undivided attention as we're trying to resolve some issue or work out some situation. More time to focus on your mission is why you need to limit the time you spend on media and social media. That's why I said if you really look at the schedules of top executives and senior pastors of large churches and other people like this, you'll find that while they do stay connected through media and social media, they also set aside large blocks of time where they focus entirely on the work they're trying to accomplish, and entirely on the mission of their organization. A second reason to control social media is related to that first one, and that is it allows you more time for for what I call intentional activity, not just reacting to things that are coming at you. One of the highest compliments I've ever received happened a number of years ago when a fellow said, Jeff, one thing I like about you is you never do anything except on purpose. I love that. I want to be intentional. I don't want to be reactive. I don't want to always be basing my day on what other people are saying or doing. I want to be the one who's taking initiative where I ask myself the question, what do I need to do today to accomplish God's mission through my organization? Make a list of that. Here's one, two, three, four, five, what I need to do today to accomplish God's mission, and I'm going to work on that. I'm not going to be reacting to what other people are throwing at me every day. I'm going to be intentionally doing what I know will accomplish God's mission in my location. Another reason that controlling social media will help you as a ministry leader is it will give you more time to focus on real relationships. We're cr- we crave community, and we hear about it all the time, but people think they can establish community entirely uh, in social media formats, and that's simply not true. Now, they can help with community. I've already said that. They're a positive force. But real relationships are when you actually sit down and talk to a person who's sitting across from you. Uh, And those can only be developed by giving time to people in genuine conversation and developing real relationships and not only personal relationships but work relationships as well. Another reason to limit social media is more time for serving people and finally, more time for really knowing God. Now, I don't have the exact quote, but someone uh, gave me a quote attributed to John Piper where uh, John said, "Uh, when you get to heaven and you explain to God why you didn't have more time to pray, Twitter is not going to be an acceptable excuse. (laughs) And I thought about how many people tell me that they don't have time to witness or they don't have time to serve or they don't have time to pray. They really don't have time for living the Christian life or being in devotion to God and spending time alone with him. Why? Well, they are too busy keeping up with what's happening with the Kardashians they're too hooked on social media to really set aside the time that's needed for time alone with God. You know, this is one of the disciplines I've had to establish is when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is spend time with God. I make a cup of tea, I sit down, I open his word, and I read the Bible. I complete my daily Bible reading plan, I pray about my life as it's been laid out for me in Scripture and what I've read. I pray about the day that's coming and the work that's before me as a seminary leader. That's first. And then I go to the breakfast time, and I have that time of looking at media and social media and sort of ramping up my day with what's going on in the world for that 20 or 30 minutes while I have my breakfast time. But I make sure that I start every morning not with media and social media. The first thing I do when I wake up is not check my phone. The first thing I do when I wake up is check in with God. So if you're finding that you don't have time to serve others and serve God, you don't have time to do things like witnessing and service and things like Bible reading and prayer, you might want to check yourself because your social media may, have be, may be robbing you of time spent on these more important issues. Well, social media and media as a whole, they're good forces in our lives they can make a positive contribution. But as a ministry leader, you have to take the initiative to get control of these forces in your life so that the problems I've outlined can be eliminated. You can control your social media intake by following the three suggestions I've I've given. And then you can reflect on these reasons why this is so important and recognize that social media can be a force for good, but you have to keep it from being a distraction and certainly keep it from being a disruption as you lead on.